If you enjoy our videos and podcasts and would like us to continue putting out regular quality content, head over to patreon.com forward slash aircrewinterview where you can donate monthly and in return you will get rewards ranging from early interview viewings, bonus clips, credited as a producer and much more. Thank you and enjoy. So Mover, when did you first become interested in aviation? Oh man, that's a that's always a tough one because I think it, it starts when you're young. And the first time I flew commercial on a commercial airliner uh, was kind of my first experience with it. Um, actually, my the first flight I remember we had a gear problem, and I was so excited oh. as a as a kid. I'm like, oh, this is awesome! And everybody else is like, we're gonna die. And uh, it was a Saab 340 or whatever. But you know, I, I went. Uh, we went, we were, it was a trip for my mom's work. We went to San Francisco and I just, I loved it. And I got into Microsoft flight sim at the time. And uh, I think it was a called Sublogic ATP, a uh, little sim game. And, you know, I just, uh, my mom actually had started the private pilot, uh, thing and had never finished it. So I had her books and stuff hanging around. So I started reading and, and, and studying about that. And it's just, once you catch the bug, man, it's it's very hard to get rid of it. No, oh, yeah, tell me about it, yeah. Uh, but uh, you obviously joined the U.S. Air Force Reserves. Like, what what was the difference between the U.S. Air Force Reserves and you know, like the actual U.S. Air Force? Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, it's it's kind of a, a little known but more known secret now um, that. You actually, there's there's a couple different ways as far as the Air Force goes. You can join uh, regular Air Force, so active duty Air Force, which is full time, you know, just as you would expect. And you can go through the Air Force Academy, you go through ROTC, or you can go uh, through officer training school applying off the street. But on the other side, there's Air Force Reserve Command, which, you know, it, it's almost the same as far as commitment goes. It's just that there is the option of doing you know, the one week in a month, two weeks a year, which is a caveat because fl- fighter pilots never do that. I mean, you have to have the same number of sorties as your active duty counterparts. So it ends up being between, you know, six, nine days a month. Um, and then the Air National Guard is the state that has a dual hat, state mission and federal mission. And it's pretty much the same thing. So when I was first starting, I was actually going to go to the Air Force Academy, and what ended up happening, I had an optometrist that said, you're never going to be a pilot, much less a fighter pilot. You know, you have astigmatism. It's just not going to work, which, by the way, I still don't wear glasses to this day. <laughs> and so I kind of gave up on that idea, but I was researching. Uh, at the time, it was called BaseOps.net, and my dad was Army National Guard. He always said, look, go to the Air, Air National Guard because he spent 20-something years as active duty because they have AGR positions, active guard reserve. And he said, look, you can go through the guard. And I went to them. I had a scholarship to Tulane, and you know, it just it, they wanted me to enlist. I didn't want to. And then I, I called around, and I called to an A-10 squadron on the base, and they said, yeah, we'll hire you as a student hire. So I was a GS3, which is a civil service uh, federal employee, and I was working in college as a, as a student hire. But, wow. you know, as far as that goes, what the reserves gives you is the ability to kind of choose your own adventure. As long, if you can get hired, which is usually the hard part because it's so selective, you know in training you're going to show up and go be an A-10 pilot at New Orleans as soon as you graduate, as long as you make the grades, versus an active duty guy who he – 
depends on what the Air Force has. You know, they can have a drop, what's called a drop, where they don't have any fighters or they don't have any F-16s or they don't have any A-10s. So um, it, it, it kind of gives you a little bit more control. And then once you're there, then the option, you can be full-time, just like your active duty counterpart. You can be a civil service technician doing the job full-time, but as a civilian. Uh, or you can just be a, a traditional reservist or a drill status guardsman where you know, you you go get another job and you come back and you fly, you know, that, that whatever's required to maintain your currency. So can you tell us some of the aircraft you started training on uh, during your uh, Air Force? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I went to Vance Air Force Base in Eden, Oklahoma, and it was probably the third or fourth class. I mean, it, the T-37 was was going away and the T-6 was coming offline, so or coming online. And so I flew the T-6 Texan too, a uh, little turboprop. Uh, fun little trainer, uh, awesome little airplane. And then uh, I finished that and then went to T-38s. So I flew the T-38C uh, with the uh, people ask about the uh, propulsion modification program mod, which we did have. They call them pimp jets. Mm-hmm. So I had the pimp jets and um, I was actually our patch. 0710, please pet my ride uh, from the old pet my ride show. <laughs> but um, and then uh, from there, it's uh, Introduction to fighter fundamentals. So I did that at Randolph and then went to Luke to fly the F-16. Yeah. So <clears throat> how many hours did you get in the training before you went on to the frontline squadron? I think it's about 200 hours. It's 80 something ish in the T-6 and then it's about 120 in the T-38 um, before you move on. And that's that's kind of a, uh, I think it's 117 is what I had leaving pilot training and then another 20 something in IFF. So, you know, you're talking just over 200 hours before you go to the F-16. Yeah. So what ended up happening, uh, I got hired to go fly A-10s in New Orleans and Hurricane Katrina happened. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they had a thing, what's called a base realignment enclosure in 2003 that said that unit was going away, but we weren't going away till 2009. So the plan was for me to go to pilot training, get my wings, you know, get qualified in A-10, come back to New Orleans, and then I was going to get, you know, have enough hours to go get hired, you know, anywhere else. When when Hurricane Katrina happened, they said, well, we're never going to bring air, airplanes back to this base again. So while I was at OTS, I had to actually start picking up the phone and calling because I was unsponsored at that point. They're like, well, right. you know, if you don't, if you don't, um, if you don't find a place to go, you're not going to get orders to pilot training. So I uh, picked up the phone. I, I called uh, Fort Worth because, you know, it was closer to where I lived. And they said, no, we already hired somebody. But I ended up uh, calling Homestead. And, you know, I'm an OT officer trainee calling this 06 colonel going, sir, I'd like a job, please. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, come on and visit, you know. Yeah. So I got I, I finished OTS. I had some time. So they, they put me on a plane down to Miami and uh, I interviewed because you have to interview still. You know, they had to like me. And uh, I interviewed down there and they're like, yep, we'll we'll pick you up. So I went to Vance knowing that I was going to go be an F-16 pilot at Homestead, provided that I make the grades, which I ended up making the grades. I was actually, you know, a distinguished graduate and all that stuff. I'm very fortunate to have a really good class uh, that, you know, that that helped me out. And, you know, we helped each other graduate, but uh, made the fighter grades. And then it was off to IFF and off to uh, to Luke, knowing, you know, wherever and that was a nice thing because active duty guys are like, well, I hope I get this. Hell, I hope I get that. And I'm just sitting there going, as long as I don't screw this up, it's mine to lose. You know, I, I've, yeah. I've got I've got it sealed. So, yeah. So what were your first thoughts on the Viper when you first saw it up close? 
oh my god that such a good looking airplane man it's yeah. uh, it's a beauty, i mean it's it? real it's it, it's really surreal i i think the first time other than air shows and stuff the first time it really hit me is i we were holding short at randolph in the t38 and one of the kelly f16s just happened to be there and we're in we're in a hold short area and it was just you look at it and, it, and you know t38 is a tiny airplane it's a 25 foot wingspan and the f16 is not that big either but it's a 33 foot wingspan so it's it's significantly beefier and you're just looking at it going damn that is a you know that's a i'm gonna be flying that that's a big that's a fighter that's you know you're you're sitting on top of the world and stuff and then it's it's cool and then it's the moment you show up at luke and you're driving the flight line and you see all these f-16s parked in the hangars and you're like or the shelters and you're like i'm about to fly one of those that is <laughs> that, that's that's amazing that that yeah. is the coolest looking i mean it's yeah. like this is going to be me soon you just get really excited because it's just you know you never expected it, you see it on tv it's like it's like meeting a celebrity you know you're like i've seen this so in, in media but i've never been this close to something this awesome and i'm about to get to do something really cool so we have to talk about your first flight. That must have been amazing in the F-16, kicking yeah. in that reheat. Well, do we want to talk about my first flight or my first flight? So, ah, <laughs> is there a difference there? <laughs> oh, my God. I, <laughs> so I I told this story the first time I did a vlog because um, my very first flight in the F-16 was actually in the backseat. I sand, it was called a sandbag. So I had some time. I, I showed up at my squadron. It was before we actually started, and they're like, oh, you can come fly in the back. And I'm like, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. But one of the things, you know, um, in between all the training, I went to the centrifuge. And I don't know if you know about the centrifuge, but it yeah. sucks. It's the it's the worst thing you can possibly, I mean, imagine. Is that where like, the skin goes like that? And, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not, well, yeah, it's not. I, at least, I, I, yeah, I guess it did. But it's mostly an exercise in pain pain and you know staying awake and not get motion sickness because it will absolutely get you sick because um, it's just spinning you know it's just spinning you're tumbling or whatever but anyway i had trouble with that because the air force sent me from survival training where i lost 15 pounds of water weight you know out in the woods wow. straight to the fuge so g tolerance is a function of hydration and you know muscles and all that stuff and i didn't have any of that stuff so it took me two days where it normally would take one for me to get through it. I didn't G lock, but I came pretty close. So I was paranoid of this jet. I was like scared of it. So I go to the, uh, I go to the squadron and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to let that happen to me. It's not going to be a big deal. So I was down in water, you know, getting ready of the G strain. I did not know. So T 38 land, it's 10 minutes from the time you walk out the door to get to the airplane and 10 more minutes to start. I mean, it's about 15 to 20 minutes to get it all going. Mm-hmm. In the F-16, it's 55 minutes. Wow. Yeah. I had to pee at the end of the runway. And I'm like... That's no good, is it? <laughs> hey, you got a pedal pack up there? You know, because I'd never used one the T-38. You just didn't need one. He's like, yeah. no, nah, I didn't bring one. I'm like, okay, all right. So we take off. And, you know, now, now that I'm thinking about it, it's starting to hit me. I'm like, so how long is this mission? He goes, ah, we're going to fly like a 1.8 or whatever. And I'm like, ooh, okay, now it's getting worse. And we were doing an air to ground mission, so we'd roll in, you know, pull G's or whatever. It got so bad. Like, I'm now thinking, okay, what in this aircraft could I pee in? You know, I'm like, I could rip the G suit apart, pee in that. I could, you know, t- take my helmet bag. I could just 
pee my pants and deal with it. No, I can't do that. I'm a fighter pilot. You know, I, I'll never live that down. I'm like, well, I could just eject. I mean, at this point, you know, what else are you going to do? I, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah. So I disconnected the G suit, you know, and it was just by the time I got back, I mean, it was just pain. And, you know, I was I was so lucky to make it back to the bathroom, you know, to go to, to get rid of all the hydration that I had I had made. So now I never fly without I, I carry, you know, in my G suit pocket. I never fly without the, the pedal packs and stuff. But that was my first experience. My actual real first experience. Yeah, it's a standard. You know, you light the blower. And, you know, you feel the afterburner kick in. You're like, damn, this is way because, you know, the T-38 has it, too. But the T-38 does not give you the kick in the pants that the F-16 will give you. And, you know, even the Block 25 is the old Pratt & Whitney engines. It's not that that's what I flew in training. So it's not it's not the hot rod. The real hot rod was, you know, showing up to my squadron at Homestead and we we're flying Block 30 Big Mouths. And we were clean, and we did an afterburner takeoff in in uh, in a clean F-16. We were doing probably it's a twelve thousand foot or thirteen thousand foot runway. We were doing four sixty ish, four eighty at the end of the runway, and just went straight vertical and we're climbing. And I'm like, oh, this thing is amazing. This thing is yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's got. I mean, it would if you stood it on its tail, it would accelerate in the vertical. I mean, it just. I mean, it, it, the thrust to weight ratio was like a one one or one two or something. I mean, it was incredible yeah because like i'm gonna go a bit, a bit off topic here but like uh, yeah 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 so like it seems like um obviously the ge guys and the pratt whitney uh, is there a massive difference between the the two would you say no i mean the block 25s just had so really it's the ge uh when you talk to block 50 52 thrust wise there's not a whole lot of difference a lot of people prefer the ge engines because they're you know they've got a good reliability record you know they always kept me safe it's the 25 to the 30 because the 25 had i forget it's been so long the smaller pratt engines and the block 30 had the big inlet uh and the newer ge engines so you had like i think it was close to 30,000 pounds of thrust and you know in an air-to-air configuration you're talking 21 to 22,000 pounds so you just had so much power to do whatever you wanted to do, which makes, which in everything makes you a little lazy because you know your left hand can power you out of just about any problem yeah. you got. Um, which, you know, we can talk about that in a minute. But when you get to the Hornet, that's when you realize you don't have that. Anymore. Yeah, <laughs> we're definitely going to get to that, uh, that in a bit and uh, move ahead. But uh, let's, yeah, let's <clears throat> talk about a bit of that uh, the F sixteen here. So what would would you say the strengths and weaknesses of the F sixteen were? Uh, I mean, the strengths, obviously the thrust to weight ratio, the power, um, it's, you know, it's got a good rate. It, it does actually have a good turn radius as well. I mean, you could actually do it where it starts to struggle is, is slow speed performance because you're, you're AOA limited. So you can't, you know, once you get that, I would say that's both the strength and a weakness because as a strength, it actually keeps you you can you can get your energy back because you can never exceed what the jet what the jet can perform. Yeah. If you're in a situation where you're in a slow speed fight and you want to get your knots back, you just got to let off. You just push forward and the jet goes, OK, copy that. Let's back to the moon versus, you know, like a Hornet or something like that, where you it'll give you whatever you ask for. And now you're like, well, now it's like a real airplane. I'm trying to let off, but I just I'm not getting the energy back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you call it a weakness, too, but it's, it's a dangerous airplane. 
I mean, it really is. It'll hurt you. It'll hurt you. It'll put you to sleep. You know, I, I had a friend that was ki- was killed in the F-16B course. Um, uh, he G-locked. And, you know, they have made some advances. Some F-16s do have the uh, uh, auto GCAS is what it's called, auto ground collision avoidance system, which has been implemented since I started flying. I've never flown with one that has it. But um, and the Block 30s, I think, still don't have it. But it it. it it was an airplane that you had to respect because, you know, 9Gs is just, I mean, people don't realize how bad that can be, you know, how tough that that can be on your body and, you know, your G-strain, stayed awake, all that stuff. So um, performance-wise, though, you really can't, you, you couldn't beat it. I mean, it, it could do some amazing things just going out and flying with it. Yeah, because I've, I've talked to a few F-16 guys, and is it apparently, is it, is it true that you don't have a neck? It just, like, it's head to shoulders? Uh, just oh, my like, God. Is that, is that a true... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the thing about the F-16 is, so, and I didn't do this. This is how I've got arthritis in my neck now. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I tore some tendons doing BFM with the wing commander one time because I thought right. I was better than the, what they tell you to do. Um, the thing about that is you had to set your neck. So if you were doing any kind of turning, like if you weren't just sitting there straight, if you didn't set your head on the headrest before you started pulling, you could seriously injure yourself because wow. now you're you're putting all that weight, you know, yeah. of gravity. And then when you add helmet mounted cueing systems and stuff, it just adds weight. NVGs were a big deal. Um, obviously, your neck gets stronger, which is funny because, you know, coming from the F-16 going to the Hornet, it was like, God, this is gentlemanly. This is nice. You know, we're not pulling any Gs at all. You know, I went my, – my first flight in the in the Hornet, I went out – and I'm sorry I'm tangential about everything. But I went out and, you know, he's like, all right, what do you want to do? And I'm like, all right. So we went down to – we had the, the bigger GE motors, the 404, I think, and the, the C model. And we went down to like 6,000 feet. I'm like, blower. You know, I found corner airspeed. And I was just holding seven and a half G's on the limiter and just doing a continuous 360. And he's like, what are we doing? Why? We don't. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to see. You know, I'm just happy, you know, I'm just trying to see what it'll do. You know, and he's like, we don't do that in this airplane. Oh, OK. Well, all right. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, fine. Worse. I'm a 9G guy. <laughs> But uh, yeah, let's talk about the cockpit mover. Like, obviously, coming from uh, center stick, what was it like going yeah. from uh, to uh, you know right hand stick in, in the F sixteen? Yeah, it, it is. I'd say it's about a you know standard six to nine minute adjustment. Uh, it's very ergonomic. You know, everything is right where you'd want it to be. Uh, what I think is a very common thing people have is they ratchet. So they 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 because. In a, and I just was, was talking about this in a, in a recent video, but if you – typical airplane flying, you put a control input in, you take half of it out, right? I mean that's yeah. that's standard. In an F-16, if you do that, you'll ratchet. You'll you'll end up doing this It's because it's a pressure-sensitive stick, and the flickus will just hold whatever you, whatever you put in. So you have to kind of get used to how the control laws work, and um, you do have that phantom stick, especially – coming out of the T-38 where if you take your hand off the stick, you're on autopilot or something and you look over and you're like, Oh, I want to do this. And then the stick's not there. It's, you know, it's over (laughs) here. Um, but as far as, I mean, it's, it's such an ergonomic, like I, I was talking to Gonky about this the other day. It's, it's like an Ironman suit, you know, you wear the jet. Unlike the, the Hornet where, you know, you take your hands off, you got to hit buttons and stuff. You got to do that. It's just, 
everything's right there. You're just kind of managing with your, your, your hands and it works out really well. They did a very good job, um, of the pilot vehicle interface. So obviously like uh, on your squadron, what was the main role? Was it air to ground, air to air, or was it a mixture of both? Mixture. Yeah. We would do phase based stuff. So, I mean, you know, one month we would just do dogfighting and BFM and one month we would do, you know, it, it would be the standard workups, right? We'd start with basic fighter maneuvers and one V one stuff. And then as we progressed, we would do intercepts and then we would kind of finish it off with a defensive counter air where we would defend a point. And then, we would put the racks on the jets and we would start all over and we would do basic surface attack. And then we do do, uh, we would step that up to surface attack. Uh, and then we would do kind of a, a self escort strike kind of mission. And that, that would be the end of that phase. And then we do close air support and then we would start all over. So we were kind of a phase based, you know, and, and that I think works better. Uh, some units, it, it's very unit specific. Some units will just, you know, some some they'll have a certain number of jets that are clean, some number of jets that are air to ground configured, and they'll just do both. But I liked it this way because you could just study. You were like, okay, I'm an air to air guy. Like one month, I flew 27 BFM sorties in one month. Like wow. I flew my butt off, and we were, you know, it was I got really good at dogfighting, like really proficient because that's all I was doing. It's just, you know, I was the youngest guy in the squadron, and they needed, you know, I didn't have any other jobs, and they're like, go fly, go fly, go fly. So that to me helped with proficiency versus the other jack of all trades, master of none, where you're yeah. like, okay, today I'm going to do, oh, I got to look at that thing. I got to go look at this thing, you know, stuff like that. So when I was in the F-16, I fought uh, Canadian Hornets. I fought um, Navy Super Hornets. I fought Eagles and I fought Harriers. And that's pretty much as, as my extent of, of dissimilar stuff. And the only aircraft that ever gave me a problem was a super senior squadron commander, weapon school guy who's had thousands of hours in the F-15. He gave I that was the only fight where I was like, wow. why is nothing I'm doing working? <laughs> like it was just we were just neutral the whole time. And it's I was going, obviously yeah, yeah. lieutenant. We're just it's like we, we just fought until we both bingoed out. And it's like, OK, well, that accomplished nothing. You know, Not I mean, <laughs> but but. I, I fought, you know, my very first uh, dissimilar was against a, a Navy Super Hornet. And the guy, I was nervous because I'd never, you know, I, I thought for sure he was going to kick my butt. And they told me the guy was going to Top Gun. They're like, oh, he's been selected for Top Gun. I'm like, oh, God, this is going to suck. And the very first merge, he went vertical with me. And I'm like, well, that's a gutsy move. We'll see how that plays out for you. And it just, you couldn't outpower because we, we were flying clean F-16s and, you know, I mean, with all that thrust, it's just it's unfair. You know, it's just nothing, nothing you can do unless I really the only time I would have problems is if I would get slow. And if you mm -hmm. get slow and you get into their game plan, then that's when you're at a disadvantage because, you know, you're slow. You can't you don't have the nose authority to really get the nose around like like a Hornet does. And that's the problem. I'll tell you what surprised me was the Harrier because we were doing uh, ACM with them. And I jumped them and I was, you know, basically tail aspect and they did the thing. They threw the, the nozzles right. out and they did yeah, this weird, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, whoa, you know, and it was just a, but of course I did what I know to do, which is climb and just watch him. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. Fine. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it was, but it was surprising. Cause I'm like, oh, face full of jet. That's, that's crazy. You know, wow. Absolutely. But, yeah.
Uh, Mover, how many hours did you spend on the Viper and obviously did you enjoy it? Yeah, I loved it. Just short, I mean, I'm like 975, so I was just short of 1,000 hours. Yeah, I know. I know. We were in, you know, I did my Finney flight. We were in there and I'm like, we looked at the total and like, son of a God, just just that close. Um, But I loved it. I mean, you're always, it's all, it's your first love, you know? I mean, it's, it's, to fly almost a thousand hours or a thousand hours, if you, you know, if you want to call it that, I mean, that's not including the, the schoolhouse time. So I guess it is a thousand, but, um, to fly that much in four years, you know, is, uh, it's a lot of flying. Oh you know, yeah. It's, it's a lot of, yeah, yeah. Like, especially yeah. these days as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, for a, for a single seat fighter for sure. So, I mean, it just, it was, it was, it was just an amazing airplane.